is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Are you ready for a break? Uh, Yes. Are you ready for a break? Absolutely. Ready for a break? Yeah, and um, so much for that. It's time for The Break on DallasCowboys.com. We were on the break! With Nick Eatman, David Hellman, Ambar Garcia, and Derek Eagleton. It is Thursday, November 19th, 2020, Season 16, Episode number 67. Welcome to another edition of The Break. I'm Derek Eagleson, joined by Dave Hellman, Nick Eatman, Amber Garcia. We're at the SWBC Mortgage Studio at the Star, at least Dave and I are. we got our crew with us, and uh, we're going to spend about 45 minutes today talking some Cowboys football with you guys. Uh, we're going to have, uh, here coming up shortly, Bucky Brooks will be joining us. He'll have some insight on the Minnesota Vikings uh, defense versus the Cowboys offense. We're also going to have a a topic today that Nick brought up to me. If you were listening to the show yesterday, you heard uh, Bucky make reference to this idea of a truck or trailer. And if you don't know what that means, just stay tuned. We'll talk about it a little bit later. But that's going to be an interesting topic we'll get into. We're going to talk about Dak Prescott. Is he a truck or a trailer? We'll do that in the uh, second segment of today's show. And then we'll get to some fan questions in the final segment that Amber's pulled together uh, from you guys out there on Twitter. By the way, if you want to send some questions, you can also hit me on Twitter, at Derek Eagleton. Uh, and I'm sorry, at D. Eagleton, I think it is. And, you can, uh, and I'll take some questions there as well. All right, so let's first get some updates on some injuries uh, let's start with Tyler Biotish. Uh, he did not practice yesterday, has a hamstring injury. Dave, how long is he expected to be out at this point, or do we know? Well, we've kinda, we figured when it happened that you're probably talking about a multiple-week injury. I would guess somewhere between two and four. Um, you, you know, Mike McCarthy hates giving timelines, but you can kind of read between the lines and think that he was not placed on IR. And especially in a season where IR is only three games – that gives you optimism that it's not super long term. Um, so he, he's not going to play against Minnesota, but and probably not Thanksgiving either because it's a you know short week. But maybe Baltimore or the week after that. Like I, I would guess it's two. Like I said, two to four, just depending. Nick, do you expect that when Biotish is back, that he will jump back into the starting lineup, or they will they stick with their original starter, who is Joe Looney? Well, I think that depends on what happens here in, in these games, uh, especially uh, you know if if Looney plays against Washington in in a, in a couple of a week a week I guess a week from today. Um, just because we saw what happened the first time around, and, and you know maybe you need a, a veteran uh, presence in there that that'll help push the pile more. So I, I just think that it'll it'll come down to who's playing uh, better. I mean, I thought Looney played a pretty good game. And, Decent, I guess, against Pittsburgh, and and you know, I, I think that they want to see Biotish, but uh, he's going to have to be head and shoulders above, uh, you know, what Joe Looney is, and you got to just factor in how they're playing and how the team is playing. As you know, if it's two losses, then probably Biotish. Amber, how much do you think that this uh, this time away is hurting Biotis? We've talked about uh, Diggs and how he was progressing throughout the season. This is another one of their promising rookies. How much does this hurt him at this point? I mean, it's always going to hurt a rookie, but I think because of the nature of the position, I think this is a a situation where I see it hurting more a cornerback rather than a center, a guy that plays center, and he's been doing a good job and all of that, and, you know, listening to Mike McCarthy, I, I hate how secretive he tries to be, like, 
I get it, but at the same time, I mean, what's the difference of you just saying, okay, Joe Looney's going to be our guy, or no, we're maybe thinking of having Biotish back in the mix uh, here pretty soon. I, I don't get that part, but clearly he's trying to maintain all his O-line combinations a secret, and hopefully... Hopefully for something good. I'm still waiting to see good, but hopefully it gets better. <laughs> All right, let's move on. Let's talk about Randy Gregory. He is not. He did not practice yesterday, and Mike McCarthy said he doesn't expect him to practice today. It is an illness. Do we know anything more about where this is, or is this something that, that would maybe start to get to a point where it affects his ability to play this weekend? We know it's not COVID-related. That's about it. So, not really. I, I, I mean, typically, I always... That's a really interesting football thing, I think, is, you know, it, I mean, even, you know, if you, catch, if you catch a cold or the flu, you're probably, you know, it can be like a multi-week thing, but even if it's just a little thing, three or four days, most of us, you know, yeah. football players are typically back on the field after missing like one day of practice because they've got... Or play through it. Or play through well, it. Well, yeah, but, sometimes, and, right? but, you know, you've yeah. got these staffs that'll give you a pack or just yeah. hook you up to an IV and just basically flush it out of you in a day. So I do... I can't count how many times I've seen a guy listed with an illness who's back at practice the next day. So the fact that it's two days in a row for Randy is is interesting to me. I don't know what it means for the weekend, but I mean, Nick, would you agree with that? Like, it's pretty. I feel like it's pretty unique for a guy to miss multiple days of practice with an illness. It is. It's also unique that you can't cough anymore, and without people <laughs> looking at you and going like, "What's going on here?" So, like. Like, I, I wonder if, and I don't know this, I just wonder if when it comes to that, it's, you're even more uh, cautious about it. I mean, if, if you go back and, and, and look at the Steelers and the guy that was tested uh, positive for, for COVID, I mean, he was Vance McDonald, I believe. He was on the injury report with an illness just a couple days before. So, you know, you, you have to, I'm not saying they're all related. I just think, I think now it used to be that that was the one thing you saw on, on the injury report and you weren't really worried about it. Now when you see it, everyone kind of freaks out. Like, oh, yeah, you know, is it a knee? Is it a back? No, it's an illness. And so I think that, I think they're just more cautious about it. Yeah, you just think about it from the standpoint of how we're all being told, and I'm not talking about just us that work for the Cowboys. I'm talking about in general. People are being told, if you feel sick, stay home, right? Yeah. As before, you know, you got some cold symptoms. You're like, if I, if I feel okay, I'll still go to work. I'll be fine. I can just go, you know, kind of go through it. Whereas now, like I think most people, as Nick said, you start coughing, everybody around you is like, why are you here? You shouldn't be here if you're coughing, right? That's how much, how much, not to like derail it, but like life is just going to be so different, even when this is all over. Yeah, like the number of times that I've come into work with the sniffles because I'd felt terrible, but yeah. not so terrible that I couldn't work, like, Nobody's going to do that anymore, or you shouldn't, really. You know, I think that's regular life as a working adult in America. We we take work very seriously, yeah. and so we don't typically take time to to get ourselves healthy when we're not feeling good. We just work right through it. And COVID, I think, changes that quite a bit. So maybe again, I'm not saying that that Randy has COVID. That's not what I'm saying at all. All I'm saying is. All it takes is a cold, and I'm sure there are probably going to be people that are going to say, Randy, stay at home. Like, just stay at home. Let's see how this goes. See if you feel better in a, in a couple days and, and then come on back versus just kind of working through it. <laughs> I know what you're laughing at, Nick. Stop it. <laughs> no, no, you don't. Oh, I promise okay. you, you don't. Right. Honestly, right. I'll, I'll tell you, I was just thinking about the fact that 
we've all done it or we've seen people do it. You know, you've been in a movie theater and someone like sneaks in a Coke because they don't want to pay like or Pepsi. And they don't want to, you know, have like a nine pay a nine dollar one. And they just cough because they're open up the can. Man, you do that now, and it's like, get this guy out of here. I don't care what the soft drink. He's coughing on me. You know, you're just trying to, like, cover it up. People cover up lots of things with coughs. You can't do that anymore. First of all, I question <laughs> I question people that decide they want to go sit in a movie theater for two hours these days yeah. and, and watch a movie and have food and drinks. Fair. But anyway, Fair. that's just my thing. I, yeah, I can't imagine True. when I'll want to do that again. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. All right, <laughs> let's uh, real quick. Zach Martin, he, uh, he was limited yesterday with a calf injury. Sounds like it's not much, but as we've learned <laughs> around here, you never, you never go the route of saying it's not much. You always have to keep an eye on it. What are you guys hearing? Uh, Mike McCarthy. Um, Nick's laughing because he's still dealing with a calf injury from two summers ago. Or was it last summer? <laughs> athlete, non-athlete. Exactly. There wow. you go. <laughs> um, That's fair. I mean... If, if over 40, non-athlete, shouldn't be out there. You get hurt. You get, you know, it'll take two years to get back. Yeah. Uh, but Zach Martin, what, what are they saying, Dave? I, I think Zach Martin will be fine for Sunday. Mike said this morning that it's really more precautionary than anything. He said uh, they they want to be very cautious the week after a bye week, mm-hmm. just easing back into practice. So I mean, it, it's a tweak, but I don't I don't think it'll be a big deal for the weekend. And I would assume they're probably being even more cautious this year because they didn't even have those practices last week that they thought they would have uh, because they had to to kind of do everything a lot of things virtually. So uh, so yeah, it probably makes a lot of sense that they're going to ease him back in. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to go ahead and head to an early break here. We got Bucky on the line. We'll come back from the break. We'll jump right in with Bucky. We'll talk about this Minnesota defense versus the Cowboys offense. We'll do that when we come right back. This is DallasCowboys.com radio. There's nothing as unique as our eyes, which is why Essilor pioneers ways to make lenses as unique as you. Verilux for super sharp vision, Essential Blue for protection, and Grisol for freedom from glare. Three cutting-edge solutions in a single unique lens. So whatever your needs, insist on Essilor. Visit your local Essilor experts and find the perfect lens for you. See more. Do more. Essilor. Since 1865, Stetson hats are American-made with pride right here in Texas. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Want to show your Texas and team pride, too? You can. By purchasing your own Stetson, you can look just like how the flag guys do on field at every home game. Stetson Hats, the official crown of all self-respecting Cowboys and your favorite football team. Get yours today at shop.dallascowboys.com or at stetson.com. I'm Jay Novacek, former tight end for the Dallas Cowboys. Back in the day, I was the guy who always got the tough yards, and that's why I run with John Deere today. In fact, I have a John Deere 3025E tractor that can handle any yard work I need to do, even the tough yards way out back. So if you have one acre or a thousand, John Deere has the equipment that's just right for you. Visit a John Deere dealer today and run with us. We are the official tractor provider of your Dallas Cowboys. Dear, it's 1908. Don't you think we should get electricity? Hmm, and stop using candles to see at night. It's just electricity lights up the room fast. It's more reliable than candles blowing out, and people seem to love it nationwide. Well, candles are... Dear, did you just run into the wall? Nope. May I have a new candle, please? Historically, switching to new technology is a no-brainer. Today, it's AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure, and nationwide. Switch to AT&T 5G. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan. May not be in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. 
to the break. Are you craving AT&T Stadium's famous Cowboys cheesesteak, nachos, or Cowboy Rita when you're watching the Cowboys at home? Nope. Bring your favorite stadium fare to you. Place the order online for pickup at AT&T Stadium every week this season. Check out the menu at attstadium.com slash at home. Welcome back to the second segment of The Break Live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. we got Bucky Brooks joining us from NFL Network. We're talking today about the Cowboys' offense versus the Vikings' defense. And I can start today with asking you our general question because this defense to me seems kind of like they're very, very just middle of the road. So tell me, what is the best thing that they do and the thing, the way that they're most vulnerable? You know, here's the thing. This is the worst defense that Mike Zimmer's ever had up in Minnesota. And that's because he's created such a high standard for production and performance on that side of the ball. Uh, But this is the worst when it comes to total defense, scoring defense. Uh, They're down at the bottom of the pack. That said, they started to play well the last few weeks. And I will say the guy that we always talk about will be Eric Kendricks. Because Eric Kendricks is the leader in the middle of the defense. He's a traffic cop. He's the one that kind of handles all the communication, making sure that everyone is lined up. But his partner, Eric Wilson, is an absolute stud. Uh, Three sacks, three interceptions, a couple of forced fumbles and fumble recoveries. He is all over the field. And so I would say what is different about this version of the Vikings, in the past it has always been about their front four and who they have up front. They have some decent guys up front. But these second-level defenders, Wilson and Kendricks, they are the ones that get it done. And they've been able to incorporate a bunch of young guys in the secondary. And so it's still a work in progress, but it's a defense that is trending upward after getting off to a very, very slow start. Bucky, I want to know how much our quarterback is going to struggle in this game. And just in general, whether that's you talking about their defensive line and creating pressure or just maybe protecting the ball down the field and just, uh, you know, against the passing game and all that. Just tell me how much or how concerned I should be about the quarterback situation in this game. Well, I mean, I think you always have to be concerned about the backup quarterback starting and then what Kellen Moore is going to do to help him. If Kellen Moore treats Andy Dalton like he's Dak Prescott and they throw the ball 40 to 45 times, it's a recipe for disaster. Because Mike Zimmer is going to take away Ezekiel Elliott, and he probably has Tony Pollard high on the priority sheet to slow him down, and he wants to put the game on Andy Dalton's shoulders. And with the offensive line still being relatively inexperienced, they want to go with that double-A gap look. They're going to show pressure. They're going to fall out. They're going to bring some pressure, and they're going to put a lot of heat on the quarterback and so it's really important that Dallas is balanced that they're able to have some semblance of a running game so they don't get into a traditional straight drop back passing game because you don't want to face Mike Zimmer when he's dialing it up and being the mad scientist um, as a play caller this feels like a pretty classic case of like the NFL being not for long Bucky because I mean these teams played last year and the Vikings rolled in with Daniil Hunter Everson Griffin Linval Joseph they don't have any of those guys right now. Not a, they. They don't even have Yannick Ngagwe, who they traded for at the start of the season. So, if I am to assume that Terrence Steele is starting, and that is what worries me. Hmm. So who? I mean, who am I looking out for at left end? Like, do they have a pass rusher that I need to be losing sleep about? Well, I mean, I don't know if they have anyone that you need to be necessarily losing sleep over. But what they've been able to do is kind of do it 
collectively. Like they've been getting a handful of guys. If he, I'm gonna have a tough time with his last name. Arden Higbo has three sacks, two and a half sacks, and he has the ability to come off the pat off off the edge. But really, what they do is they kind of do it like smoke and mirrors by by disguise and design. So they'll put six guys up at the line of scrimmage. Sometimes they'll bring all six. Sometimes they'll add another one and bring seven. Sometimes they'll show that look and drop out. Where they test you is not from an individual standpoint, but it's more from a communication uh, standpoint. Hey, can we communicate who's live, who's the point man, uh, who do you have, can you handle the twists and games and stunts up front? And if you're not sound in that area, that's when they hit the quarterback. And so it was a defense that really struggled at the beginning of the year trying to get the pieces of the puzzle together. But now he's kind of simplified it a little bit. Uh, Mike Zimmer has them playing with better technique and their sound and the ball isn't flying over the head and so now they're having a they're doing a better job of containing and, and winning up front but it's not one individual it's really a collective and collaborative effort to create the pressure on the quarterback. Buck you said earlier this week that Andy Dalton doesn't need to be a superhero you also said just now that you feel like Zimmer is probably going to make you know him try to beat him so how does he beat the Vikings without being a superhero? How, how do you kind of, how does he need to balance that? I think, he, I think the thing that Andy Dalton has to remember is who he is and, and where he's at in this stage of his career. And I think sometimes the temptation is to try and prove to the football world that, hey, I'm still a starting quarterback. I still can make these plays. I'm still a franchise guy or whatever. And I think he has to understand, I just need to let the offense work for me. He has three talented wide receivers that can do a lot for him. His job is just to basically get them to rock and get out the way. And so I think some of that can be assisted and aided by Kellen Moore, making sure that he doesn't put the quarterback in a situation where he feels like he has to make these hero throws. Just set the offense up much like they did with Gilbert. Um, quick rhythm throws on early downs, get it to second and short. Now you have the option to run or pass on second and third down get another first down, kind of do the same things. And so as much as I put it on Andy Dalton, I think Kellen Moore also has to know, hey, I don't have a superhero at quarterback. Let's just manage the offense. Let's just make sure we play uh, in a very efficient manner and let our defense and special teams set us up. Hey, Bucky, this question is going to kind of cross over a little bit to other units on the team. But right now, Minnesota is ranked dead last in the league in average starting field position of their opponents there on average starting at their own 34, which, you know, that's 10 yards more, almost 10 yards more than what you would get just in a touchback. That being said, is this an issue with their special teams? Is this an issue with turnovers on offense? What, what, what would you pinpoint as the primary problem that's causing this? And is it something that the Cowboys are positioned to be able to take advantage of? Well, no more time, no more thing that, that shows up whenever you look at a stat and you see that is uh, special teams are okay. Like, they're fine there, but Kirk Cousins had a lot of issues with turnovers early in the year to the point where even he said, man, if I keep playing like this, they're going to bench me. Mm. Now, since that point over the last uh, three games, he's been better. And the reason he has been better in terms of managing the turnovers is because we've got more Dalvin Cook. Um, the more they give the ball to Devin Cook, the better it is for their offense. And they are unapologetically stubborn when it comes to the run game. They don't care if you stop it on first, second, and third down. They're going to get it. They have a pitch count where Dalvin Cook is going to touch the ball 20 to 25 times on the ground. And at some point, they believe that the dam is going to break. And then when they're able to run the football, 
Kirk Cousins gets to play the role that he's best suited to play, and that is as kind of like a complimentary weapon in the backfield. He can throw it down the field. He can get to Thielen and Jefferson. So some of their issues were due to the early season turnovers and fumbles putting their defense in harm's way. Bucky, earlier you you mentioned how obviously they're going to try to stop the run. If they are successful at that and and limit Zeke and Tony Pollard, who would be a guy that you're looking for the Cowboys to, that that would need or or could possibly have somewhat of a success in this game as far as the offense goes and aside from the quarterback position? Well, I mean, any of the wide receivers can go off. I mean, I'm going to be honest with you. The young guys that the Minnesota Vikings are playing on the outside, they're still trying to figure it out. Uh, Cam Dansley, who I liked when he was coming out of Mississippi State. Jeff Gladney from TCU. Uh, Chris Boyd. Like, those guys are fine, but they're still trying to find their way. Now, Zim, uh, we're trying to cover them up by playing some zone. But the difficulty in dealing with the Cowboys and make sure that you want to stop Zeke Elliott is you have to leave those guys in one-on-one. And so there can be some opportunities there for Amari Cooper, C.D. Lamb, and Michael Gallup to make plays. It's how does Kellen Moore get to those playmaking opportunities and can Andy Dalton cash in those lottery tickets when they do have an opportunity to, to strike up the band? That actually that, that plays into what I wanted to ask because, you know, obviously – it's it's looked pretty rough since Dak went out. You know, Dalton struggled in the two games that he had to play, um, and then you know you're looking at Ben DiNucci and, and Garrett Gilbert, obviously. But with the line, the offensive line being a little bit healthier, and this Minnesota defense not being as good as what we're used to seeing up there, would it maybe be smart to like lean on the pass? Like you know, I, we we talked a lot about, or we we keep talking about wanting to ride Ezekiel Elliott and and use that to limit the mistakes. But are you better off? Can Andy Dalton take advantage of this secondary? Because it does seem like there's some pretty favorable matchups there to where maybe you want to throw to set up the run because that's a more favorable option than just charging into a stacked box like that. I mean, there's some certainly some uh, validity to taking that approach. I think the thing that you have to be cautious of is it's fine to kind of start out throwing like maybe the first 15, right? The opening script that maybe you have eight to 10 passes uh, on the script, but those passes should be more ball control in nature. And so I'm not um, advocating like, hey, just keep pounding the Zeke. Like, don't don't worry about trying to take shots. But what I'm saying is I think the difference was when we saw Gilbert's game plan, the game plan was a very controlled passing attack. Everything was kind of within 10 yards. There were these first down wide option passes to Schultz, uh, things that were very simple and high completion percentage throws. So if they take that approach, absolutely you can do that with Dalton. But if this is a bombs away game plan where Kellen Moore is dialing it up and they're trying to take these shots over and over and over again, I don't think you can give the ball back to the Minnesota Vikings offense a ton of times and think that the Dallas defense is going to hold up against Dalvin Cook in that running game. And so it's a delicate balance. It's a fine line. Yes, you want to be aggressive on offense, but you want to do so while still remaining a little more ball control centric, trying to really retain possession of the football. Bucky, this question is not really about the game or general. You said yesterday two types of quarterbacks, a truck or a trailer. Uh, my question is, do you feel like Dak Prescott is a truck or a trailer? 
Oh, I think this year uh, he has shown that he is a trailer because I think when you see the dramatic fall off, I mean he's shown that he's a truck. This year, when you see the dramatic fall off in the op in the offense from the beginning of the year to where we are now, oh, I think he answered all those questions. I think we've seen that he was covering up for a lot of flaws that we didn't even know that he was dealing with. And so from the offensive line to Ezekiel Elliott underperforming um, to the defense not being able to really stop anybody, he single-handedly was able to keep the team competitive and in games. So I think, if anything, he moved into a different category, even though I kind of felt like he proved that last year when he was ringing up these big numbers. Um, I think he confirmed it this year that he is in a different category, that he's absolutely a truck, and he is pulling this team along. We appreciate you joining us, Bucky. We're actually going to take that conversation, and we're going to dig in a little bit more here in the final segment. But we appreciate you giving us the insight on the Vikings. Uh, give us, before we – what, Amber? <laughs> I was about, I was about, I thought you were just saying bye to him. I was about to say, give us what what's gonna happen this weekend. Give us your prediction. <laughs> um, so the, the big the biggest thing here is um, I think this is ultimately kind of like the deciding factor in what happens with the Cowboys. We will get a chance to see how far they progress with the running game. I believe that they're better. I believe that they're more physical. I believe Demarcus Lawrence is certainly playing better, and Neville Gallimore has given them something. I think that the magic number is 125. They have to keep Dalvin Cook under 125 yards. I'm mm-hmm. not going to set the bar and say he has to be under uh, 100, but you have to keep him under 125. He can't dominate the game. I think it's there for them to do it, but I'm the guy who wears the big sombrero, and I know we, got, we hate this. Jalen Smith is going to have to ball out. If Jalen Smith doesn't ball out, it's going to be a problem. If he's running around and not disciplining gaps, uh, they're going to run through. He's going to split the defense. He'll have 200 yards rushing. So Jalen Smith is the one that wears the big sombrero this week. Sounds hard. Right. That's a big that's a big ask, but we'll see, we'll see how it goes. We appreciate you joining us, Bucky. We're going to take our final break. We'll come back. We're going to jump into this topic of trailer or truck on Dak Prescott. We'll do that when we come back. This is DallasCowboys.com Radio. There's nothing as unique as our eyes which is why Essilor pioneers ways to make lenses as unique as you. Verilux for super sharp vision, Essential Blue for protection, and Grisol for freedom from glare. Three cutting-edge solutions in a single unique lens. So whatever your needs, insist on Essilor. Visit your local Essilor experts and find the perfect lens for you. See more. Do more. Essilor. Since 1865, Stetson hats are American-made with pride right here in Texas. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Want to show your Texas and team pride, too? You can. By purchasing your own Stetson, you can look just like how the flag guys do on field at every home game. Stetson hats, the official crown of all self-respecting Cowboys and your favorite football team. Get yours today at shop.dallascowboys.com or at stetson.com. I'm Jay Novacek, former tight end for the Dallas Cowboys. Back in the day, I was the guy who always got the tough yards, and that's why I run with John Deere today. In fact, I have a John Deere 3025E tractor that can handle any yard work I need to do, even the tough yards way out back. So if you have one acre or a thousand, John Deere has the equipment that's just right for you. Visit a John Deere dealer today and run with us. We are the official tractor provider of your Dallas Cowboys. Dear, it's 1908. Don't you think we should get electricity? Hmm, and stop using candles to see at night. It's just electricity lights up the room fast. It's more reliable than candles blowing out, and people seem to love it nationwide. Well, candles are... Dear, did you just run into the wall? Nope. 
May I have a new candle, please? Historically, switching to new technology is a no-brainer. Today, it's AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure, and nationwide. Switch to AT&T 5G. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan. May not be in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Back to the break. AT&T Pose with the Pros on the Go is now available within the Cowboys app. Under the Stadium tab, you can pose with the Pros on the Go, presented by AT&T 5G. It's bringing the in-stadium experience to the palm of your hand. Stop, snap a photo with your favorite Cowboys player anywhere at any time. Welcome back. Final segment of the break live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. Uh, as Bucky talked about in the last segment, we're going to dive into this conversation a little bit on this uh, truck or trailer. Uh, Nick asked the question about Dak Prescott. Just so everybody's aware, I think the concept here is that you know you're either a truck or a trailer as a quarterback. You're either a guy that can pull the weight, you're the truck, or you're a guy that's kind of being pulled along, you're the trailer. And and Nick brought up the question to me last night, and it, my first thought was, well, of course everybody's going to say truck. And and then as we started to talk about it, it seemed like there were some areas where you could at least make the the, the you could at least have a discussion about. Is he really a truck? Are we seeing signs that maybe he could be a truck? But is he really there yet? So, Nick, I'll let you first take this question. Tell me your thoughts. Well, well, I obviously believe that, you know, you can develop into a truck, if you will. Russell Wilson, I think, has done that. And I think Dak has has jumped into that category as well. But I think you have to make the, the case, if he wasn't always that, if he's kind of, and I think Bucky said it, I agree with him last maybe couple years, he's moved into that. But what is he, what is he pulling? Because they're, they're 10 and 11 in the last two years since he became this truck. So is he the right truck? Is he, you know, is he a, is he a monster truck? Or is he just one of those, you know, you know, like... Like what? It also like what does he pull in here? So I think I think it's it's an interesting question because you're about to pay this guy forty million dollars a year, and so I I don't know. Like I think it's it's I, I think you have to make the case that you know maybe he does he need great players around him, and I still think that he does. I think 2018 was an example of that. They weren't going anywhere until they got Amari Cooper, and then things kind of took off. So I mean I don't think it's a bad thing to say maybe he's a trailer. I mean. He's a really good one, but I'm just saying I think he needs great players around him. Dave, who are who are all these quarterbacks that don't need great players around him? Like that's that's where I go in this conversation. There's, in my opinion, there's Aaron Rodgers. There's one. Yeah, I'm yeah. gonna say Aaron Rodgers. There's one. And one. Get, there's and, one. I, but I will say Mahomes. this. I will. I will yeah, Mahomes. But, but, but Mahomes uh, does have great players. We've not have seen we him ever yeah, seen Pat seen Mahomes. Pat point. Mahomes has an amazing offensive line. Yep. Tyreek Hill. Travis Kelsey, yep. Sammy Watkins, Nicole Hardman. Oh, and by the way, they drafted Clyde Edwards-Hilaire in the first round just as like window dressing on this already amazing right. offense. Right. So we've never seen him with. Do I believe that he he'll, would still be great without he'll, it? He'll be great when they when they're gone. Yeah. Do I do I believe that? Sorry. Yes. Is there any proof that that's true? No. Deshaun Watson. Tons of people love to say that he's better than Dak. How's he doing without any help? Yeah. They look terrible. Um, Aaron Rodgers is the one. He is the one guy that has, over the course of his career, been able to make it work with less, which, by the way, 
everybody in Green Bay is pissed off that they didn't really give him any weapons after losing the NFC Championship game. They drafted a quarterback. They yeah. could have had, you know, maybe they trade up and get like a Justin Jefferson, and who knows how good they look. Yeah. So Aaron Rodgers probably wants weapons. And for that matter, when he was Dak's age, he had Jordy Nelson, Randall Cobb. Um, you know, he had um, – I'm blanking on his name. Jones. Greg, Gre- uh, Jennings. Well, Greg Jennings. Um, is it Donald Jones? Donald. Donald Driver. Donald Driver. James. Uh, Greg Jones. Him, James. Yeah, I was going to say Donald Driver was before him, right? No. James. James. What? James Jones. Hey, James, James Jones. Jones. Thank yes. you so much. I'm sorry. Yeah, James shout out Jones. to the Q's. Point being, there just aren't very many quarterbacks who still look great without having great weapons. So I don't, I don't buy that argument at all. And I do think... It is it is a very worthwhile and fair talking point that the Cowboys record has not been wonderful in the time since Dak took this leap. I think there's a lot of reasons for that. I don't think most of it has to do with the quarterback. Would you guys throw Lamar Jackson in that category? You just said you were kind of thinking about which quarterbacks. I don't know that he has a great no. supporting cast. He's no. got some average guys, but I, I think he's the, the straw that, that makes that I mean, drink work, right? I, well, yeah, but you... Let's I mean, not forget... Tom Brady. Let's not forget like Tom Brady and Peyton Manning. I mean, th- those guys. Well, during during it. his career, I would say that about Tom Brady. I don't think that's the case anymore. Uh, yeah, yes. I certainly don't think that's the case anymore. In in the in the prime of his prime, What's Tom that? Brady made it work with lesser right. players. Exactly. Um, Peyton Man- again. Do I still think that they would be great? Yes. Peyton Manning played with Hall of Famers basically his entire career. Yep. Marvin Harrison, Reggie Wayne, Edge James, you know, not a Hall of Famer, but Brandon Stokely and Dallas Clark were great players in their day. Mm-hmm. Got to play with Welker and peak Demarius Thomas when he was in Denver. So still not buying it. Um, and for that. Hold on, hold on, hold on. All those. All those guys you just mentioned, though, I believe that the quarterback made them great. They go somewhere else. They're not that good. I mean, I think that I think the quarterback makes them great. So you can make the argument. Does, he makes them Dak, maybe I mean, greater. Amari Cooper wasn't going anywhere. He makes them greater. greater. I don't know if he, so Dak maybe helped great. Amari Cooper. Yeah. He, I mean, I, it, obviously, it all ties in together. I'm just, I get, I, I think it's. It's dis not dishonest. It's it's like a straw man to say like, well, he needs great players around him because the fact of the matter is most quarterbacks do like the vast majority of them. I, Lamar Jackson, they're struggling this year. Their offense doesn't look all that. Uh, you know, I know you know they've had injuries. Everybody's had injuries, but yeah. that's when I look at it. Like I said, I think there's it's a very interesting case that the Cowboys' record has not been great in this time since Dak has has taken these leaps. But there's no more than. There's no more than three quarterbacks in the NFL right now that I think are definitively better than him. So I absolutely think he's a truck. I will say this. I look at it maybe a little bit differently. I don't look at it so much as he has to to pull all the weight with no help. I look at it as, is he capable of pulling the weight knowing that when he goes into a game, he is the best of what they do, right? So, And that's two different things. To me, that's still a truck. And, And I think that that's what we've seen from Dak is, at least earlier this season, what we saw was... They went into games where it, they were having to rely on him. Well, I shouldn't even say they went into games. By the second quarter, <laughs> they were having to rely on him because of the circumstance, and he was able to deliver, and he was able to get them back in position where even if they didn't win, they were in position to be able to win uh, by the end of the game. So I look at it from that standpoint, and I say that that's why I would believe he is a truck is because he is he is it, it is turning to where now he is the best of what they do. And I think when it comes to next year – if everything continues as it is with Zeke, I think he will be the best of what they do. Zeke will be the complimentary piece to Dak's passing game with the receivers that he has. He doesn't have to do it by himself, but he certainly has a big hand in whatever's going to be their success. 
Do you have something, Nick, on that? I was well. I, yeah, I didn't know if everybody Sorry. was contributing. I I just <laughs> thought that. <laughs> no, well, you, I'll say, you all seem very passionate about this subject, so I'm just listening to you guys. Yeah, I I'll say this though. I don't think that I don't think the problem so much is Dak and if it's he's the best guy or the. I just don't think the Cowboys are structured well enough to 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 make this work if he's going to make forty million a year. I just. I don't. You can't have your quarterback make $40 million a year. You can't have the, one of the highest-paid running backs, highest-paid guards, highest-paid tackles, highest-paid receiver. You can't have all of that. And so it, it, that's what happens. When guys get injured, you have no depth behind you. Okay. So right now they're paying with so – they, they just can't. They can't function that way. And, and neither, neither could Houston. And look what happened. So it's – I don't know. It's a scary thought. It's a scary thought to think you have a thirty-one million dollar quarterback and the team is the team around him is not good at all. And now you're going to make him a forty million dollar quarterback. It's it's scary. Something's got to give. And so I'm not saying it's Dak, but it's going to be somebody else. Okay. He's not going to have all those three receivers. So let's assume for a second that you take Amari Cooper out of the mix. Let's assume for a, t- a second that you take Zeke Elliott out of the mix. And let's assume. That with Zeke, you you're fine. You go out and you get yourself a second round running back, which you can get good quality running back uh, value in the second, third round, even mm-hmm. right. Let's assume you get a guy like mm-hmm. that, and 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 you have the two receivers that you still have left. Do you think that Dak is good enough to win with that cast? If you take out Amari Cooper and you take out Zeke Elliott because of their contracts, and and you're paying him forty million, and you're going to have to take some of those contracts off the table, taking those two out, do you think they're still they can still win? Absolutely, absolutely. Or they can. They. I mean, six, six and eight. Whoa, that's the record. That's his record. Is six, his his record is six and eight. Oh, oh, I thought uh, you were saying that. I'm doing a quick record. math. Okay, I got you. Well, that's what his record is when you don't have that. When Zeke was out, they was three. They were three and three, um, in those games where he was out. And then, but Dak when, was a different player then. Was he? got here. Dak was a different player then, right? 2017 is I don't even that that's not even part of the conversation for me in right. terms of like what I think Dak is capable of doing. Yeah, and I, I get what you're saying, Nick. That that's the only history that we have, but I think he's a very different player. We don't now. have, yeah, yeah. I think he's a very different player I, now. I do too. I I do too because they don't have they didn't have a second round running back like you just mentioned. Yeah, when when he was running, he was giving the ball to Rod Smith and Alfred Morris, and he didn't have Nick, that. Nick, you know what this. And I get it. Like, I used to think that way prior to this year. I used to think that Dak Prescott was a guy that absolutely needed all the help he could get around him. Until this year, I started seeing it differently. And you talk about those wide receivers, the three main ones. But look at what they they have been able to do with Cedric Wilson, Noah Brown. The, The fact that they are able to, or we are able to start seeing them finally incorporate some of those other players that are not your start players and flashy players and still be able to show some kind of production on the field. Yes, it's absolutely not at the level that we want them to be, but at the same time, we have started to see different elements that are not your starter guys to be able to, you know, make some plays on the field. So to me, I started seeing it this year as absolutely, I think that Dak Prescott can be that guy and and he's shown to take a big, 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 big step forward this year. 
Not that many big steps because they're not <laughs> winning. It was pretty big. They're not winning. Like, that's not winning football. Like, okay, teams are okay. saying. Do you, do you put that blame on Dak and, and the players, or do you blame the coaching staff and them not being able to create the right kind of calls for the players to be successful on the field? I, all I'm saying, I don't know. All I'm saying is, is the teams are saying, we're going to let Dak beat us. With all these yards and stats and all these other players, and it hasn't worked that way. I'm, I'm just saying, that is a fact. Nobody on the other side of, of this WebEx call can argue that. They can't. You can't. Yeah, but I... I that Dak hasn't been able... Good. No, I'm, I'm done. No. I mean, that's, <laughs> no, I'm, that's I'm done. I mean, like, like, all the stats from the last two years, all these numbers, but they're not winning. They're not winning. Is, that, is he better than Troy Aikman because look at all these stats? Or or Detroit, I mean, or did they just figure out a way to win? Yeah, I don't think Troy so ever. I, I don't I'm just saying. Other than when Troy was here in the early two, like late '90s, I don't think Troy had a defense that was near as bad as what this defense has been. And I, I think I would, agreed. I would say that a lot agreed. of the problems they're having are not so much about Dak and what Dak can't do. I think we're actually seeing that Dak was overperforming. I think this defense was so bad he couldn't overcome a really, really bad defense. That's not his fault. That to me is a function of they got to do something better on defense. They got to figure the defense out. In in this day and age with the with the cost of good quarterback play and the salary cap, there's there's like two, there's two ways to go about it. Is I got a quarterback I'm paying top dollar who can keep me in every game. Yes, they lost to Seattle and Cleveland. They beat Atlanta. They only had a chance in those games because of Dak Prescott and, I, and Nick's right. They didn't. They didn't, they didn't win. win. They yep. didn't win. They lost two of the three, but they were in them because of Dak Prescott. Yep. Uh, so you take, you know, you either you have the choice between the quarterback who can keep you in every game because he's that good, or you try to build like this complete team with lesser quarterback play and and see where it gets you. And me, I'm gonna roll yeah. with the quarterback every time because if I mean if he gets hot. Or if you you know hit on some draft picks on defense that make your defense better than it was, then all of a sudden maybe you're cooking with gas. And I just you you just have to have top notch quarterback play to win in the NFL. And like you can throw all those stats you want at me about you know quarterbacks on X amount of salary winning Super Bowls. That's going to change in a hurry. Like that's I mean mm-hmm. okay like. Are the, do the, does that stat not matter anymore when Pat Mahomes picks up a couple rings on this contract? Because he will. Yeah. And, or, you know, Russell Wilson's going to get another. You know, expensive quarterbacks are going to start winning Super Bowls because there's no such thing as an in- inexpensive quarterback anymore. Um, so that's that's where I'm at. And I'm, yeah, like Nick's totally right. It's going to be hard to make all of this work. And if they pay Dak, they're going to yeah. have to make some sacrifices. But give me the right. sacrifice that involves having a quarterback that I feel good about cuz you can't you can't expect to win in the NFL without that right and and I agree with that like I I think that that's what I'm saying is is that it's just scary to think that you know Jerry always talks about the pie how many you know big slice of the pie that Dak has a big slice of the pie right now he's going to get a bigger slice next year and I that's what I would do I would do that I would not I would not draft a quarterback I don't care where you are I would go get the I would sign Dak all I'm saying is, is this team is not built right now very well to to handle that they're not handling it right now and and so, like Dave said something's got to give so that's what's kind of scary he's got a lot of pieces on offense and you know is it too many do do we need to have some on defense because 
just outscoring people is not gonna not gonna work. It hasn't worked this year. And so. Nick, with that, you bring us full circle all the way back to the conversation about tanking, because if they have that high pick, they can rebuild this defense really, really quickly, right? Just saying. That's. I mean, it's it's yeah. fascinating. We're. I think we're we're seeing that this yeah. season is like. I, I think Nick, like this this team is not efficiently built. Like the way that they've allocated their money, Zeke is. Zeke Zeke was a cherry on top of a ice cream sundae with Tony Romo being the main event, you know, yeah. and that's that's not the case anymore. Same thing, you know, off ball linebackers in today's NFL. I'm not sure if you're you should pay him seventy million dollars. And the Jalen deal looked like a bargain at the time. It's still, I mean, well, no, it's not because he's not playing up to it. Mm-hmm. But and that's the problem is now you've got to look at this and say, did we allocate all of this stuff the right way? And how do we fix it so that when we're paying our quarterback $40 million, we can still field a competitive team? I, I think there's a lot of stuff. I, I think they got some difficult choices in front of them in the next two off seasons. That's an interesting point. And actually, tomorrow, yeah. what I want to do, uh, I want to go into this topic. I'm going to ask you guys, so be prepared. I'm going to ask you guys, what's the worst contract this team currently has? Because when you start breaking down, as you're talking about how they're built and, and where they've spent their money, there's some contracts you look at and you're like, man, this I don't know how you make that work. Like this just guys aren't playing up to it. On top of that, it it really makes it very tough uh, to be able to manage that, and especially in a situation now where you're about to have to pay a quarterback a huge amount of money, and you've got a whole defense that you feel like you got so many pieces of that thing that you got to redesign and, and rebuild. So. We'll ask that question tomorrow and get into that a little bit more. This was a good discussion, though. We'll uh, we'll pick it up at another time. Uh, that's the end of the show. That's the wrap. <laughs> we'll be back tomorrow for Dave Hellman, Nick Eatman, Amber Garcia. I am Derek Eagleton. This has been The Break, live on DallasCowboys.com radio. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this,